All right. So <clears throat> it's good to be back. It's good to see everybody. I think, you know, I, I want to first thank Jenny because I think last week I was able to spend uh, four days snowboarding. And um, let me see if it works. Yeah. Uh, it's to celebrate my birthday. And it was with these guys that uh, my high school friends that last year we planned it and I, was, I canceled on them because of COVID. And they said, okay, no problem. And when I told them this year, that I, I wanted to go out again, they just said, yeah, no problem, let's do it. And I didn't, I felt really bad if I were to cancel again. However, it, it's, it's amazing. I, I love snowboarding. I love to be out there. And I, I think it's funny uh, when I think about this, because I was spending it with two high school friends, and of one of the high school friends, he invited six other friends, right? And all his friends, and we grew up in California, and it's funny because one of the questions as we continue, as we get to know each other, as we talk, is usually, you know, where, where are you, uh, what do you do? And I think the funny thing is, usually when I tell people, oh, I've been in Maryland for 20 years, they, they're just like, why, why are you in Maryland? Do you know, if we're Californians, and it's funny because they don't ask my New York friend why he's in New York, but they ask me, oh, why'd you stay in Maryland for that long? Right, and I, I think it's funny because I think about that and I think, you know, as I was preparing for the message and thinking about it for today, one of the things that really st um, <clears throat> struck, stood out to me is this idea that, you know, these little choices that we make sometimes make a big difference in our lives, right? These little choices of what we talked about here in today's message, encountering and responding to God, and this idea of focusing, focused on the mission, right? That these little choices that I made that I didn't even think about, would, would continue my decisions uh, and, and my life to being in Maryland and actually enjoying my time here, right? Where I think I can't even, when I talk to them, I realize I don't know if I want to move back to California. I mean, that's to them. They're like, what? But um, it is something that made me think, what does it look like and what does it mean for my life, right? And as I've been thinking and praying about this on this idea of focus on the mission today in, in this series, responding, encountering and responding to God, it all started in this idea <clears throat> with this, um, oops, it really started in this mission trip that we took uh, at Grace Life Church. It was one of the first mission trip that we took as a church. It was in, I think, 2002, no, yeah, 2002. And uh, you, you can see Jenny in the, in the gray, and I'm Christy, and then I showed this picture before, and I'm in the, the orange. <clears throat> but one of the things that I realized is that these, the two weeks that I, w I spent in Mexico, at that time, I didn't think too much. I just wanted to go. I felt like God was leading me to go. Even in choices that I had in, in internships, the one that allowed me to go on missions uh, was one that eventually I decided not to go into finance and banking. You know, and I, I thought that was, you know, that's one thing that Jenny actually mentions is that had I probably gone, I may not have been in Maryland. You know, just knowing myself, knowing what I enjoy doing at that time and, and what drives me. But I realized that this small decision to say, hey, I'm just going to go on this two weeks mission trip because it's something that I felt like God was leading me. This opportunity was there. And I didn't even think it would be much. You know, it's like, oh, two weeks. What, what is there? It's not a big deal. But it was these two weeks that kind of started along with the bigger journey of just realizing, wow, God is a big God, that he cares about so many things, and especially how I grew up in a sheltered 
sheltered life and one that didn't see the poverty the way that when I went on this mission trip, I was able to see, right? And to, to see the brokenness and to love people, to care for people. Most of my life has been made, at that time, my decisions in life have always focused around what's best for me, my family. And yet it was kind of out of this that made me think, what would, what's God doing? What, what is he doing? What, is, what are the things that breaks his heart? And it really got me to think and, and make decisions. And I, I think about this because our purpose statement has been working on it is encountering and responding to God in our everyday lives, right? That sometimes it's these simple, small decisions that I didn't even expect or know that revealed and opened up so much more of what my heart desired and what I felt and came to know of who God is. That in hindsight, I did not think that this little decision and I can't imagine, could make such a big impact in my life. And over this time, and as, I, as we talk about mission, being on this mission with God, joining God on this mission, I want to share today how my understanding and of this topic kind of evolved and changed over time. Right? And we're going to read this passage because I think it has three things that really stand out to me uh, <clears throat> about how my idea and understanding of what it looks like and what it means to share God's love changed over time. And we're going to look at this because <clears throat> we're going to look at Luke 10, verses 1 through 8. Okay? It says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, Therefore, to send out workers into the, his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bags or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. It goes on more and more, but we're just going to focus on this, these eight verses. And what I really want us to, what I realize and what I want to encourage us is, are these three things that really stand out when I think about this idea of missions and joining God and what he's doing. And that is, <clears throat> these three things as it's evolved. This one, we will see in this passage, being sent by God. Being sent by God, being sent out, and who he is as ascending God. The second is you'll see in this passage of living by faith, right? Living by faith. And the last is recognizing people of peace, right? And these three things really kind of shaped and, uh, and evolved my understanding of missions and understanding of, of sharing God's love with people. And I think the first one is being sent by God. And I think this is something that's, that really is important for me as I think about. It says it sets the basis of this understanding that God is a God that sends. God is a God that goes to people, meets people where they are, right? It says here in Luke 10, <clears throat> the verse says, he sent these 72 people two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he tells them to go, right? This idea that he sends people out, is you see that throughout the New Testament and actually even the old, right? Here in John 20, 
Jesus says this in verse 21. He says, again, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Right? He calls his disciples together. He says, no, I have been sent here to meet you, to come and, and kind of reconcile this relationship that was broken. And here I am sending you. Right? Likewise, in this great commission that Jesus, as he <clears throat> is resurrected and he's speaks to his disciples before he ascends. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And he says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. Our God is a God that sends, a God that not only is sent and meets people, but he sends us. And this understanding that we are sent not just for our own benefit or our own gathering as a church to be together and as Christians be at a church to encourage one another, one another but this idea that we are sent out, that as we congregate, where we know that our lives are to be sent out in this world. What I love about this <clears throat> passage is this, is that it says the Lord appointed 72 others. Earlier on in chapter 9, it says he sends out his 12 disciples. But here it says he sends out these 72 others. People that have been following God, following Jesus at this point, And is sent out. I love how, you know, one thing, their names are not actually even mentioned. You know, oftentimes we think, oh, I have to have certain amount of skills, or I have to know so, so much, I have to be this, I have to be even, let's just say, the special 12 that knows God in this intimate way, or the three. No, he sends out the 72 before him. And I love that, that there's no names, there's perhaps guesses of who they may be, some of them. But it shows this idea, and scholars in the commentary shows, talks about how this is, kind of an allusion to also the ways that God is sending out people to all nations. That it isn't just a circuit around to different 36 different cities, but rather that he is sending people out to the nations. And then everyone, everyone that was following him at that time was called to be sent. It wasn't just those 12, it was everyone. Likewise, when we read Matthew, the Great Commission, Jesus was sending out everybody. He was saying, go and make disciples. He has sent us. Right? That continues on to be our lives and our commission of what God has called our lives to look like. That wherever he sends us to, that we, have, we recognize that we're not just there by accident, by coincidence, or we're just there to do something. When I came to Baltimore, I thought, oh, I'm just here to get my degree and leave but rather that we are sent and that there are purpose in the things that God is doing around that area, that God is working in lives even when we don't know and don't see. But he tells them not only that he sends them out, he tells them that he sends them out like lambs among wolves. Right? He gives them this illustration, this picture that the the. The mission, the field that he's sending them to is not one that's just a pair, like a safe haven, a place that they can just go roam around, but rather that there could be hostility, there could be danger, injury, hurt, 
And he sends them out. And I, I believe that likewise, as I understand it in my life, and here at, our, at this church, this idea of being sent out and realizing that we are sent out to, all the, to our communities, our lives, our workplaces, our schools, even the activities that we like to do, right? That we meet people and we're sent and we're here to be called to love. And as he paints that picture, that it is being sent out like lambs among wolves, I think this is something that the second point, that as it evolves my understanding of, of being sent, is this, is living by faith, Right? What's interesting here in Luke 10, it says this. Jesus says this to his disciples, and he also says this to 72. He says, do not take a purse or bag or sandals. This is pretty intense to not take anything. And Jesus is saying, hey, go. Don't take all the things. Don't take, you know, a sleeping bag, all these things that you need. But just go and, and, and be my witnesses. Right, so often, as I think about life, it's just so much of it is shaped by what I can see and what I know. Right, but so much of faith when he sends these disciples out is by faith and perhaps not by their own strengths. Right? In 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about it in this way in <clears throat> chapter 5, verse 7. He says, for we live by faith and not by sight. Likewise, in Hebrew, the author's Hebrew in verses, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That there is this faith and this trust in God, not in what, when we're thinking about being sent, not what's laid out completely ahead of us, that's organized, that's step A, B, C. But rather, our God, as he sends out, as he models that for us and as he calls us to be sent out that he also is calling us in this way living by faith trusting and knowing him right that they were not to have a purse a bag sandals i would say even essentials to a certain degree but rather they were to be received by people and then to receive the the blessings from people that would have hospitality invite them in that in doing so, they were trusting that God will provide every step. That they would, they would know that the, God would provide their food, their sustenance, their shelter. I don't hear too much about this, but I remember Pastor Roger, the founding pastor of Grace Life, sharing about how he went on missions right after college or after seminary in ways that they actually tried to practice that. They went all around without anything and they would have to pray every day for food for someone to take them in. I have to say, I'm, I'm pretty scared about that. I'm, I don't know if I would just automatically jump into that. Nor I don't, do I think that we all have to, and that's the requirement. Not at all. But I do think that there is an aspect. As I think about being focused on the mission of God, who God is, that it is to live by faith and not by sight. But not only that is he calls us to be sent and at the same time that we live by faith, but he also 
encourages them to go two by two, right? And also in a place where he will, will go. You know, <clears throat> oftentimes I think we think so much that, hey, I have to do this by myself. This is what I need to do to live by faith. But no, I think what I see here, living by faith was not just by themselves, but being on mission with others around them. Right? That God sends them two by two to places where he will go. Things that he will do. That it's not so much dependent, how am I supposed to do this? Do I have the right skills? Or what? I don't even know what to share. Or how do I... But rather just proclaiming that the kingdom of God is near, right? They're sharing that in certain ways, that that was what God was calling these 72 people that were following him to do. It says that, I remember hearing this, I, I, I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find it, so I don't know if it's true or not. <clears throat> but I remember our, a missionary telling me that it, it takes about six to seven times on average to share with people about God's love, who he is, for them to actually be open and more like open to discussing that. And I think this is something that is, is interesting is that as he sends us out, that it is a place where he will go, a place where he is working in. Right? At the end of this chapter, or in the middle of this chapter, you see them all coming back together. And as they all come back together to share about their experiences, to share with Jesus what they saw, that there is this ebb and flow of life. And I think when I was thinking about this, this idea, and that even as I shared about the short-term missions that I went to in Mexico, I actually encourage everybody, I know especially for Stepping Stone, to make time. To, it, it, opportunities don't just usually fall into your lap. You sometimes have to make these opportunities too. And I realize even for all of us, even as I've gotten older, it's to make time to every so often, I don't, to just be on the lookout, to be there looking out for what God is doing. And I can't speak highly enough of, of my personal experience in those short amount of times of going there and seeing, but rather this rhythm in life. You know, I was <clears throat> thinking about this more and more because uh, as I shared earlier, and I, when I went on this, this trip with my friends. You know, I was, I was wrestling with this at the same time. Is, is it a good time? How is it gonna, how is it, am I there for, I'm there for four days of snowboarding straight? And I was wondering, am, am I taking too much time? What am I doing? But one thing that really stood out to me, and this is a slide later, is that I realized as I was praying and spending time there, is this third idea of this recognizing people of peace. You know, most of my, my friends' friends were not believers. And I realized that one of the great things, and sociologists talk about this, they said there's kind of, they label in three bases, right? The first base being where you live, your neighbors, your families, as people that's in your life. Right? The second base is some people that you work with, your workplace. These are pretty set sometimes of who you meet and who you interact with. And it talks about the third base in our lives of, of interests that, that draws people together. And I realize working vocationally as a pastor, it is harder to meet people that are not in church or not 
gone to church on. And that it is through these kind of things, for me at least, that I was able to just love people and talk to them. To hear their background, to hear what they're thinking about, what gives them satisfaction, purpose. That it was not connected to, oh, come to church or anything like that. It was just able to talk about life in general. And I think this is what kind of shaped my understanding and evolved it on this idea of missions. That it's not just the short-term one, but it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of talking to people, of getting to know them, of caring about them, and loving them. It says here in Luke 10, it says, If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. Right? Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you. I think this is such an impactful understanding for me of just realizing there are people that will just invite you into their lives. That it is not just so, so you know, what I found that that's always been hard is just this idea of going out and just sharing about God without ever knowing the person at all. But I find it much if much more effective, much more real for who I am relationally, of getting to know people, of just being able to just have dinner and share and do things together. And in doing so, these people of peace that Luke is talking about, that Jesus is mentioning of just saying, hey, when, those pe- when someone invites you into their house and invites you into their lives, that is not so much of conversion or trying to, not selling anything, but rather just sharing this life together. And then asking those kind of questions that, that I think many of us and all of us talk about, think about. That what, what would it look like to be satisfied in life? What does it look like for these friends when they realize that, <clears throat> that at the end of life, that we will all encounter death. It is not just to scare or to throw people, but it's to have these conversations that people want to have and to think about in certain ways that comes out more so over dinners and, and, and activities and things together than it is just randomly on a street. I see this more and more as I was thinking about this on the trip because that's when they would, these friends that I met for the first time would ask, what's your best sermon? They, you know, they were not in church. They have not, some of them have not grown up in church. And they were just like, what do you like about it? And having these conversations because we were gathered together to snowboard, gathered together because we are friends of friends, that we were able to just share life together. And at the end, they, you know, there are emails that are like, till the next time we see each other. And these guys are, are to me, I, I love it because they're one of the first people I met that were just blow me away in snowboarding and in ways that they're so good, they just left me in their dust, right? But yet they, they would open up, they would talk and just share life. And I wonder how would I get to know them had it not been for these kind of trips, Right? It says this in in Luke, when Jesus says this, he says, do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town, you are to welcomed and eat what is offered to you. 
That there's an aspect that it's not just trying to see what can I gain? What, what do I get from all this? My relationship, all these different things as I was talking to them. They're telling, teaching me about NFTs, things that I was just like, I have no idea what it is. Right? They're going to the intricacy. They're going into specifics. And then one of my friends are saying, hey, when I have this place, you can stay with me whenever. But it is not looking for advantages or trying to have these relationships to benefit. And I think Jesus says this very specifically. He says, do not move around house to house. That these people that are inviting you in, when you enter, you're welcome. Eat what is offered. That you're to spend time with them. I, I remember when I went to, <clears throat> I went to spent about six weeks in Mozambique. And if you know me, one of the things that I, I don't like to eat or have a hard time mentally eating are mushrooms, right? And I don't know what, what about them. I think there's just this idea of fungus. And so it's hard for me to just eat mushrooms. But I remember going on that trip and, and, and just serving there, staying in a tent and for six weeks and just serving with the missionaries there at this compound, whether there's medical help, school help, just community help, that the missionaries there, they, they made me some lunch. And one of the things that they made me was this, was a tomato mushroom salad, right? And I was just thinking, oh man, like, you know, I didn't want to show on my face because it's, you know, it's, I probably don't have a poker face anyways. But one of the things I was like, oh, thank you. And I just started eating it, right? And I remember, oh, I could eat this. I could just you know, but it is something that I was like, oh man, I, I can't believe I'm eating this right now. Right? But something that when I was there and focused and just knowing that this is being a part of what God's doing, joining into that, that little things, even the things that might mentally be hard for me, became just something I could do. Right? And it is something that I realized more and more as, as my life has changed as I thought about this, it's not just going on these short trips and actually trying to have this intense moments of doing these things, but rather what would it look like as we talk about this in our purpose statement in our everyday lives, that it becomes a lifestyle and something that is lived out, not because we're trying to just share something and shove, shove it down their throat, but rather, it made so much difference in my life that, I, of course, I would want to share about the things in my life that, that changed my life. Just like when they talk to me about NFTs or crypto or anything else, they're just like, oh, it's so interesting. And for them, they're just sharing it naturally. And I realized that is something that I, why would I not just share something so naturally of who God is, that this God of the universe would send his son so that we would come to know him. That he would allow us to know and understand God in ways that, in ways that as a human we could understand something that's infinite because he sent his son. And that's what has changed it because even in this particular story, what's interesting to me is this. He says in Luke 10, Jesus says, do not greet anyone on the road. That actually sounds really harsh, right? Like, why not? Why not greet people and talk? But, you know, I think it's in that tradition of that time of just being hospitable, that when you meet someone, that it is just something that, especially 
someone you know, that you would, you would slow down and talk to them for days. And there's a sense of urgency that God is calling them, Jesus is calling them to do. That he is sending them out to the places that he will go. Right? Not the places that we necessarily always want to go. Or the places that we think we should go. But if anything, he says, I'm sending you. And that you, when people welcome you into these houses, share. Right? I think about this so often because, because of the specific trip. Right? Oops. I don't know why it's not going backward. Oops, sorry. Because of the specific trick that I just showed, is because when I was thinking about spending this time with, that it has changed my idea, understanding that missions is not just some short-term trip that I go on. Although it changed my life, those little small steps for me to understand that that was God moving in my life at that time. But it has evolved over time to see what does it look like to love people? What does it look like to care for people that you and I may not know, but we get to know? What does it look like for them to know that you care about them? That it's not so much, oh, you have to believe in this, but what does it look like to just love on people? It's more and more because one of the guys, <clears throat> as we were talking, he said he, was, he used to go to church in college and then he stopped. Right? And I realized at any point in our lives, we, so much of encountering and sharing, responding to God and sharing this faith, we so, always focus so much on this idea of people coming to faith. Well, we don't think as much about this idea that at any time, any one of us in difficult circumstances could leave the faith too. But what does it look like to love people and to, to kind of show them and, and live out the way of Jesus, right? Of following him and living this out. That's more than just one particular thing, but encompassing the whole thing. And I think about this, and I hope that in my life that I would be able to share with these guys over time. Likewise with each one of us, as we talk about our lives in different places, in different spheres of influence, I wonder where Jesus is sending you, sending us as a church, right? That he is a God that sends, that he sent his son so that we may know him. Likewise, I think he sends us so we may know him and others around us may know him. So not only is, when we think about this unfocused on missions, is it being sent, which I think is theologically foundational to how we live our lives, understanding that we're not just here for ourselves, but being sent on a purpose, on a mission, joining God in his, in his mission, that that gives us a perspective of how we live our lives, but also living by faith in the ways that he has called us, not just what we see and understand and what we can do, but rather trusting and seeing who God is and what he is doing places that he will go to, the lives that he is transforming. And lastly, recognizing the people of peace, the people that invite us into their lives that are willing and wanting to have these conversations. So often in the past, I just limited it to a short-term mission trip, but I realized, no, one of the key things 
as we think about our lifestyle, is being able to recognize what is God doing in people's lives. Celebrating the things to celebrate, mourning with the things that we mourn with, people we mourn with. But recognizing that and sharing that in our lives. And I, I hope that as we think about this more and more, as we think about encountering and responding, that it, it could all start from a small decision, as I think for myself 20 plus years ago, that I did not think would make a big change in my life, but has. And likewise, for any one of us, even the future for myself now, that small decisions being sent by God, living by faith, can make the world of a difference in our lives and the lives around us. Let's pray as before we take communion. I'm going to pray. Pray for us. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for these reminders that our lives are not just to live for ourselves and what we want, but rather that you have created us for a purpose, that you have plans and a purpose for us. And not just for us, but larger for us to join your purpose, to desire that, to have our eyes be open to see what your heart breaks for. Lord, I pray that you would speak, that you would show us just those things, Lord, that you would soften my heart to see and to understand, Lord, that my life is not my own. Lord, I pray that, that we would be able to be in, enabled, strengthened, empowered by your Spirit to live by faith. Lord, that we would trust you for who you are, what you have done, who you say you are. And that would give us, Lord, the strength to live by faith, Lord. For we know that your words never return empty. And lastly, Lord, we pray, Lord, that even within our spheres of influence, our lives, Lord, that you would open our eyes to recognize the people around us that we can just love, that we're not seeking to be loved back, but we can love, that we can pour out your love, that we can speak of your kingdom, Lord, we can share of who you are in our lives, Lord. We pray that, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see, Lord, we know that you are working all the time, Lord, even when we don't know it, even when we can't see it. And so, Lord, as we take communion, Lord, help us to, be, to remember you, Lord, that you said this on the night you were betrayed, that you took the bread and you gave thanks, and you said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after, this, after supper, you took the cup and you said to your Disciples, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord, help us to be reminded that when we take communion today, that we are proclaiming your death until you come. That in essence, the same essence that your kingdom is near, that you are asking us to proclaim that you are near. That we do this in remembrance, a reminder for ourselves, for our For I know I could be so forgetful. Lord, help me to remember that you died on the cross for me, for us, so that we can come to know you, so we can be reconciled, that we can live out this life right now, heaven on earth, this relationship with you. And so, Lord, we thank you, Lord, as we are reminded as we take communion today of who you are and who you called us to be, to be sent into this world. We thank you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.